Welcome to Unlocking the Fitness Industry. I am your host, Jake Abel. I'm a two-time natural pro, a cellular athlete, and we're going to find the best way to get fit, to enter your competitions, and to look your best. So, here we go. Let's get into the episode. And welcome back. We are another podcast down today. Extra, extra hyped. We're going to crack those vegan myths. We're going to crack all those um, with Sammy. So Sammy is one of the people that I always kind of go, I've always kind of been on that side that, okay, I haven't seen many vegans do very well, especially in the natural side of bodybuilding. And I also always bring Sammy up when it comes into the arguments that unnatural people can't, I mean, natural people can't compete in IFBB under the natural. And Sammy someone I bring up like at least three times a week to anyone with oh. those claims because A, he's vegan. B, he competes in as an, he's an ICN pro bodybuilder, but also competes and does very well in the IFBB as a natural. So introducing Sammy, say hello, Sammy. Hey everyone, how you doing? <laughs> um, I'm sure um, everyone at home is going, hey, I'm going good. <laughs> yeah, woo! And S- Sammy's based out of South Australia. Um, yeah, so good old Adelaide. One pose coach and uh, comp prep coach out of the base. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so runs a really successful team over in South Australia. So what I want to go fun. into, Sammy, because you're very experienced and been around for a very long time. Um, old. <laughs> kind of give us a run of how you got into bodybuilding. So how you kind of worked your way up yeah. through the bodybuilding to get that pro card. Do you want the, the long version of my bodybuilding story or the short one? Uh, let's go medium. All right, medium. All right, easy. Uh, 2009, uh, at a nightclub, got my face punched behind <laughs> King Hit from some dude. Didn't even know what the hell happened. Broke my jaw. Had to eat through a straw for like 10 weeks. Hey, that really sucked. That's definitely... Uh, lost heaps of weight. Yeah, no, it was actually at the Stanford Grand at Glenelg. So... Oh. For, for those that live in Adelaide or haven't been to Adelaide, Glenelg, the beach, awesome. And I live in the northern suburbs, so it's like an hour drive. So guy punched me in the, in the back of it, well, from behind, broke my jaw. I, luckily enough, I didn't pass out. Uh, no one helped me. Like, I went to the security guards, police. They just, like, shrugged me off. So that was a bit of a um, bit disheartening <laughs> to do with that side of things. Hey. But I um, drove myself home for an hour. Uh, then my friend came and took me to the hospital and then I got heaps of morphine, which was pretty sweet. Had to have surgery, kept my, uh, my mouth wired shut. So just like Kanye West had to talk through, through the wires. I don't know if you've heard that song or if it's, everyone's too young to know that one. <laughs> uh, lost heaps of weight having to eat through a straw. Hey, I mean, that was really challenging. Um, then I started to see some abdominals and being a larger kid eating a lot of food all the time i'd never seen them before and so it got me a little bit excited i then wanted to get big so that people would leave me alone so if i was to go out people wouldn't you know try to harass me yeah and then just started training heaps got really addicted to the training and then started eating actually when i first started i was eating a vegetarian diet so i was a vegetarian so the only thing that i was eating then was eggs and some yogurt Got so shredded, uh, then some dude at the gym, his name is Jason Bednars, he's like a, another super champion here in South Australia. 
he said to me, hey, you look pretty lean. Maybe you should consider competing in a bodybuilding comp. And so I had no idea about it. Um, he, in, he introduced me then to Terry Roberts, who is a former Miss Universe. Um, and so she helped me with my posing. And the thing that I remember the most about her helping me with posing is she would always hold a broomstick. And if you like look down at the ground or like weren't smiling, she'd like tap you, like with your calves, you know, like getting hit in the back of the legs hurts like, like, oh. So that was really cool. That's something that I still do to my clients now too, every now and then just keep them on the toes. That's awesome. Uh, so that was back in, yeah, 2009. So then my first competition was in 2010. I can competed and that was uh so this this year coming now would be uh, my 10 year anniversary i guess oh, yeah sweet um and uh, i didn't place in my first show i had no idea what the hell i was doing really um i was actually also competing in my first competition up against ben wortley who was like a world world champion at the time so yeah that was a, a bit of an eye-opener so yeah just from that it made me then realize how much harder i needed to work how much yeah. you know more exercise I needed to put in, obviously then get my diet even better and started from there. So yeah, that's the beginning. So that would have been IMBA, I'm guessing, or AMB? Yeah, that was when it was still IMBA. And one of the other federations at the time was um, WNBF, which is, I don't think they're around anymore. No, I think they went under as well. So yeah. as a body type, you would have been, so you went straight into bodybuilding. You would have been a more endo body type growing up as a kid. Oh yeah, man. I was, yeah, always, I was, <laughs> mum liked to give me food. Yeah. Lots. So you're quite solid. You had kind of that little bit of muscle mass. So then when you did do your like wired jaw shut cut, um, <laughs> that pretty much, how, how long did it take you to prep for your first show? Oh man. Well, I didn't, I didn't actually, I didn't have a coach. I didn't know what I was doing. I pretty much just ever since I was able to start eating real food again and, and exercising, I was, I was training. So the wires got taken out and I think in about February in 2010 and my first, first show was uh, like the September time. So like yeah. eight, eight months, somewhere eight around months. there. Prepping him. What was, prep, like, I, what was yeah. prep like? Yeah. Like oh, back man. in 2010. So like there wouldn't have been that information that there is now, I guess. Um, nah, nah, the, and even the bikini and fitness competitions, there was only one that was just, women's fitness and the posing that they did back then is nothing like they do today. Yeah. And there wasn't any men's physique. There wasn't any classic physique. There wasn't even men's sports model. It was purely just bodybuilding. bodybuilding. So it was bodybuilding, women's bodybuilding and women's fitness. That was it. Crazy. So you're pretty, like, pretty strapped for choice. What was your competitor lineups for bodybuilding in that? Were they large numbers or? Yeah, they were actually quite large. I think it was because there wasn't so many different uh, divisions and, and there wasn't as many yeah, generations. Okay. Everyone was pretty limited limited to what you could do. So uh, they didn't even have a first time as it was just novice. So it was like a juniors, novice, uh, then open. And that was it. Yeah. So fast forward down the track, how many shows did it take you to go and win your pro card? Oh man, so 2010 was my first year. I think I competed in about three to four shows every single year. Um, I think I won my pro card in 2016. So six years. Yeah. And that's something like, I don't know if it's, I find it actually less in Adelaide, but it is something that in, especially Victoria, that it's kind of thought of, of like people are competing for their first time and they're like, I want to go pro. And it's like, oh, bro, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. They're looking at tw like a 12 month goal where they don't realize some of the people have taken 
six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, and even then, yeah, it can be disheartening for a lot of people because yeah, if you put that that pressure on yourself of like this is the first time that I'm competing and this is what I want as the outcome, and anything short of that is going to like make me feel uh, less self worth, then I think you're generally setting yourself up to fail because you can't really compare yourself against yeah people that are competing or have been training for X amount of years because yeah, it's your first time. Yeah. And I think it's funny. Like I always say Adelaide's kind of, they have a lot more serious competitors in a way because they're forced to take that off season. So like where a Victorian mm. will go, cool, I want to compete. When's the next show? And we have not like nine shows a year. So it's like, okay, so you'll, you want the next wow. show. So you've got like three months of prep where in Adelaide you have to be like, I want to compete in 2021. Like, they're focusing a year yeah. ahead where I think that's where standards are a little bit better in South Australia. We only have two shows a year, season A, season B, and just the, yeah. Yeah, just the one. You have to really plan yeah. almost a year in advance to prep for that show instead of like a 16 week mm. cut for the next show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, man, I, I really didn't, uh, becoming a pro isn't, isn't my biggest like achievement. I just really enjoy the, the whole concept of competing, like the hard work that you have to put in, like the outcome at the end, I'm not really phased by it. I, I enjoy presenting. I like the challenge of, you know, the whole getting as lean as you possibly can. I like helping others. Uh, that's, that's more of a driving factor for me in the whole sense yeah. of competing where being a professional athlete, it doesn't like, it doesn't define me if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 While you're going into, so you went into your first bodybuilding show um, and going through that, were you a PT at the time? What was your work life life like? Oh. <laughs> well, back then I was pretty much just, I, had, I think I had three jobs at the time. I was a security guard. I was a, uh, I worked at an art gallery selling paintings. And then I also worked on the weekends as a topless waiter at, uh, at a male strip club called Madame Josephine's. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I was pretty much just trying to get as much subs money as I could. It was yeah. that was my life at that time. Everyone grinding, and then kind of where? At what point did you build base? Was that later down oh. the line after the pro or before? Well, when I was training at the first gym uh, that I was then competing at, one of the actual workers there, they said that they had some government grant where they could um, give four people a uh, free PT course through the TAFE. So. Um, one of the ladies who was like, Hey, well, you look like, you know, you'd fit the part. Would you be interested in it? So I got a free PT course to do from the gym that I was training at. Um, and then Kim Tansker, who is the actual promoter of the ICN here in South Australia, yep. he, um, or he kind of then poached me afterwards because he just bought his own gym and he needed a manager. So he, he, he made me an offer. I couldn't refuse. I think that started in 2012. Yeah. So I then was managing his gym for, I think it was four years. And we left in 2000, the start of 2016 in February. So the, that's when then my, my missus, she was actually running her own coaching slash um, nutritional uh, business through the, the Aussie Muscle Gym that I was working at. But yeah. her work just started getting crazy and she needed help. And um, rather than her employing someone else, um, I decided to then, part ways with Aussie Muscle and we opened up our own studio to then work together. And it's been so good to be able to do that. Yeah. And that's one studio I've been lucky enough to go down to. And well, what did you have? Something have you like been to my new one? 
no, nah, not you. I went to your old one and you're like, oh. I, I was like, I've got legs. You're like, cool. I've got 22 leg machines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I've actually got more now, man. We <laughs> moved from that tin shed. So that tin shed was only like 288 square meters. I hate to boast about it, but I'm, I'm pretty yeah. proud. We're now in a 750 square meter studio. So you like we don't even studio. operate still as a gym. We're just yeah. one big giant. So I've got my own like awesome playground. I think I've got like 80 different machines in there. It's insane. There's a hair salon. I've got a massage therapist. Um, there's an eyelash technician, but um, unfortunately, I don't. I don't need need to work <laughs> on that. You have good eyelashes. But yeah, I get free massages. Oh, I get free haircuts. Bro, I'm 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 laughing. It's killer. Yeah, it's like a one-stop shop. And yeah, I've seen the photos. They look. I can't wait to get down there and get another leg. Yeah, session. well, <laughs> when you're able to get down, man. Sure. A hundred percent. So you won your pro card. What kind of gave you that first little inkling that you wanted to more move towards the classic and go further into IFBB? Well, I think when I first got my pro card, there still wasn't any classic physique division in either still the IFBB as well as the ICN. Um, so I like, well, when I first won the pro thing, oh, I was um, obviously ecstatic, but um. I still knew that I, well, and still know that I need more time to still build upon my frame to still be competitive against these other like amazing Australian pros. So classic yeah. physique just seems to suit my structure a little bit better, I think. Mm. And yeah, definitely the way that you've kind of got your shape. Um, as you kind of say, like I say to a lot of people that are after their pro card as well, because it is like that kind of going theme over the last couple of years and it's like there's a big yeah. difference between winning your pro card and being competitive in a pro lineup because all of yeah. those pro lineups they're next level oh man like it's uh, it's phenomenal how, how much of a stepping stone that that is like it's such a big jump yeah because yeah some, the, the, mm. some people don't even like it gets to a point of almost that it comes down to genetics like even the way you kind oh, of said oh you probably don't want to sacrifice to get to that size. You probably like genetically may be able to do it, but it's still it's going to be going to be a push. Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's an unbelievable amount of hard work. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's always rewarding at the end, but I, I, for me to be more competitive in the, in the actual bodybuilding pro division, I still think I'm at least, you know, a year or two away from, from hitting that top three mark. If, yeah. if I'm being honest with myself, but classic physique, I think that's where I, you know, I, I hate to blow bubble up my own butt about it, but I'm, I feel pretty confident that that that's the division that's made for me. Yeah. So really like to not blow your own bubble, I'll do it for you. And it's, um, <laughs> IFBB at Arnold's winning the novice champs kind of going to put you in a good position for a natural federation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I went into that again with no expectation. Um, the guy that I competed here in South Australia, there was only me and one other dude. So, and, and Ricky McCauley was his name and he is the most shredded person I think I've ever competed against. And him and I have been competing against each other for shit. I think we've competed against each other three times. He beat me the first time and I think I beat him the second and I just scraped through on that classic physique one. But then, yeah, yeah going to the Arnold, obviously, um, you know, it's a completely different ball game. You know, it's been a non-tested federation. So that was already, you know, a bit of a challenge in that aspect. But then um, even that, like, my, I had to, you know, you can go online, you can see, like, you have to be a certain weight for your height or under a certain weight, sorry, to, 
for your height within their particular categories. Yeah. So my my stage weight on that day was 80 kilos and the cutoff for my height was 92. So Jesus. there was potential for me to be up against people that were, you know, 12 kilos larger than me in muscle mass for, for the same height. And yeah. um, in the in the novice division of that particular uh, category, I did win. And then, uh, you know, like, that was probably to date my best win because there was 20 guys in that lineup and yeah again i, I went in with the, the zero expectation but, but yeah i came with came away with gold in that one and then in the actual open category i placed second so i got bested by uh i can't remember his name just just one fella in that one in a lineup of i think it was eight yeah so yeah no, i was i was pretty pretty elated with about the results of that so yeah, that's something I had a, uh, my last guest on the podcast was a IFBB coach and all of those type of things. And we're kind of diving into like, it comes down to the fact where conditioning plays a huge part. And like, this is a, my, my oh, opinion, yeah. but I look at IFBB shows and they don't come nearly as conditioned to the natural guys. And no, it's, I, um, I, I'd agree with you on that. Yeah. And that's where I think like, I actually think the natural guys have that little bit of benefit because obviously their hormones are going to be running a lot kind of cleaner um, without yeah. going down that whole bloody unnatural versus natural, but their bodies yeah. are going to respond a lot better. Plus they need to know natural guys need to know how to use calorie deficit, know how to use food mm -hmm. properly, how to put and yeah. have to put the work in because we can't rely on anything else. No. Yeah, that's it. It's just food, food and training. There's not like, all right, you start putting in this. Now you got to, do this to combat that and do this yeah. thing to, yeah, there's too much of a complication. I, I have no idea how much effort that extra effort you have to put in for that side of things. And it just seems, mm. you know, again, I, I don't see the, the worth in it. Yeah. And that kind I mean, of like, comes. I, 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 yeah. yeah. You go. You go. No, well, look, I, I don't see the point. Like, unless you're planning on becoming, you know, Mr. Olympia, I don't see why the need to compromise, you know, your health in the long term or, mm. you know, your endocrine system and your hormones in like, you know, the potential chances of lowering the, uh, lowering the chances of having, you know, a, a family later in life because you've, you know, you've damaged, you know, your, your testosterone and your production cycle and, you know, all of that jazz. I just I don't see that. And it's like, what do you, at the end of the day, what do you win? Like you win a, a trophy and some street cred potentially, which again is only going to you know stroke someone's ego. You don't win anything. You don't win any money. You don't win any prizes. There's no holidays or a car. You get a gaudy looking trophy that you just put on a wall or a plaque and a memory of going, this is what I achieved. So like, yeah. what's the point? Spending thousands and thousands of dollars just to, you know, put your your body under more stress mm. to try to achieve the more self worth, which you can just get from changing your mindset. And that's where I give a lot of, a lot of credit to you guys, like the natural guys in the IFBB that are going up against it like 100% natural and they're mm. still winning. So it's like <laughs> you're like not risking all of your body and things like that and you've got all of this extra like health and like everything behind you um, and you're still yeah. competitive. So like it's almost like I know a lot of younger people coming into it and it's not really said so much through all the education mm. in that. Cause like the whole steroids things kind of like they forget about it or they just gloss over it and ignore it. But some people think like yeah. you have to do steroids to be competitive in the IFBB. Oh no, no, <laughs> not at all. I mean, obviously at the high end of level of it, I, I'm assuming you're probably more, yeah, you probably would, but I, that's not necessary. I mean, again, mm. yeah. 
and I even did it as a bloody vegan. Yeah. <laughs> Just to throw the stereotype in there even 100%. worse. Yeah. Which is going to be perfect segue into my next topic. And that's breaking down those vegan like kind of myths. So I, even mm. for me, like I've kind of like had a little like play around and like heard, like I know the game changers documentary changed a lot of people, but on yeah. a overall evidence, I haven't seen a hell of a lot of vegans actually come in properly conditioned other than you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where like, I definitely wanted to get you on to kind of have a chat about some of the things you might be doing where I think other people are maybe miseducated or like missing the bar a little bit like yeah. that. So just to give I it guess- a little, little bit of an overview on your prep, um, kind of well, what are your kind of rules when you're going into say like, I'm guessing that you don't carb cycle as much maybe, or kind of give us an overview of how you pr- like prep in a way. Yeah, easy as man. Well, look, I think statistically speaking, there's a lot less vegans than there is meat or omnivores. Sorry, so the the chances of you seeing you know a a a a vegan bodybuilder that does well, it's the the numbers are already against them. Because even still, omnivores, you see a lot of them that still look like they shouldn't be competing still. So yeah, I think statistically in that aspect, yeah, there's there's not as many of uh, the caliber, high level caliber uh, vegan athletes, just purely because there's less athletes in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as a, as a comfort rule, man, like I, I'm always a big fan of, um, the slower the process, the healthier it is. Yeah. Um, I try to reduce my calories very slowly over time. I start early out. I'm, I'm a big, big, uh, clean eater. Obviously I only eat whole foods. Um, I eat a large volume of food. I guess I'm, I'm more into like making sure like everything that I put in my mouth, what purpose is it going to serve my body? Uh, where did it come from? How was it grown? Uh, nutritionally, what is it? Is it benefiting my body in the long run? Am I going to be able to sustain this as a lifestyle? Or yeah. Like, you know, as a long food kind of thing. Like I, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in that side of things, man. That's, that's where it plays more of a pivotal role. So like my food, I don't change it that much, man. It, it always stays pretty much the same because I love everything yeah. that I eat. There's never a meal that I'm like, oh man, I don't, I don't want to eat this. Like I enjoy every single meal and everyone's tasty. Like get to put hummus with everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a ganoush. You know, all of the different dips. Like at, at no point do I get to have to sacrifice taste for, for purpose. I, I thoroughly enjoy every meal. Like I have a lot of carbohydrates, obviously my protein content, I guess. So the norm would still be kind of considered high, but I only have maybe, I think it's only anywhere from 140 to 160 grams of protein a day, which I'm I'm pretty sure is on the, on the lower spectrum for bodybuilders. Mm. Um, And my fats are, you know, they're moderate. I, I mainly only get my fats from, you know, avocado and tempeh really, but then the rest of it, man, it's all carbs, potato, love potato. I eat a lot of potato. Yeah. So like, as you're kind of saying there, and that's something I I see with a lot of the pros interviewing a lot of those guys and a lot of the people that do really well is it's a lifestyle for the like full long-term always in, always turned on, um, on and off just a 16 week cut or a 20 week cut. Um, it's doing it the whole, whole way around. And like, even when you go to vegan, like I was pretty like, anti-vegan i'll turn my food nose up to anything that said vegan or on it because i was like your typical meathead meat is the rule until (laughs) my girlfriend kind of opened my eyes a little bit and we started to go to like vegan restaurants and things and then everything was like insanely tasty and it's just like they have to like make flavor next level 
Mm. Well, uh, then again, if you were like eating plain chicken, it doesn't taste that nice, right? <laughs> if you were eating plain beef, it tastes pretty fucking foul. So it's, you know, you, if you were to have just plain chickpeas, yeah, man, they're not going to be that awesome. But you put some like, you know, some tahini or some lemon juice with it, you know, you've made something a bit different or lentils. I mean, yeah, plain lentils, they're not, you know, like the most appetizing, but you throw in like a tablespoon of bolognese sauce, you just made yourself, you know, some kind of meat substitute, high in protein, still a good yeah. amount of carbs. It's, it's, it's how much love you want to put with your meal that will change the, the taste of that meal. Yeah, and just putting that extra effort. So the biggest question yeah. I'm guaranteed you're going to get is, bro, how do you get your protein? So what are your top top kind of protein foods that you'll add into your diet? Oh, all right, easy. So I, I'm a big fan of lentils because they're so easy. I don't like, and I made all of my food for the week, and I make it like every day. Well, every, every day I make my like, I'll slow that down. So I make my meal. Every day I make them fresh in the morning, but I'll do a big meal prep like once a week. So I just cook up like a big bunch of potatoes and a big bunch of rice. And then everything else is pretty straightforward. So tuna lentils, that's a good source of protein. Uh, tempeh, organic tempeh. Tempeh is really easy. Um, bean pasta is another really easy one. And then obviously, you know, protein powder is always pretty, pretty straight. With them, what's your view on fake meats? So like the uh, burgers. So there's lots of processing done in them. And again, there's yeah. lots of other like weird shit in them. So I'm not, not a big fan. I mean, like if you, if you were craving something that looked like meat, tasted like meat, if you wanted to satisfy that kind of craving, then yeah, they're, they're good as a sometimes kind of thing, man. But nutritionally, they, they're not exactly going to fulfill the purpose of, you know, good, good guts and, yeah. microbiome and all that stuff that's in it. I guess yeah, it's still heavily processed. Yeah, 100%. And um, they're so, so expensive. Like two patties is like 14 bucks. No way. Ah. <laughs> yeah, man, like that's insane. That's like almost as if you were actually buying, you know, an actual steak, I guess, yeah. in that aspect. Like my, my food's so cheap. It, it cost me like nothing to make. Like I, I think I calculated it. It was $55 for me to make all of my food for a week. And that was having 3,000 calories a day. Jeez. So to make up those 3000 calories, say if you're, let's say it's like just about to go into a cut. So you're kind of in just above the maintenance phase and like closer to a surplus and you have to go to like 3,200 calories, which mm -hmm. I would, would that be harder as say a vegan um, or are you using more higher, what are some like higher calorie option foods or are you just having lots of volume? Oh uh, man, I've I've always been a big fan of volume because then I don't feel yeah. hungry. But um, high calorie foods would be I'd have add some like avocado because it's mm -hmm. quite high in calories for you know the portion that it is, or add some oil to the meal because again it's pretty cheap. You get like a good good amount of healthy fats. Um, or potatoes. I'm just, I just eat heaps of potato, man. I'm not potatoes. My like number one go to. Yeah, and just having volume and, and yeah, then, cheap. Yeah, true. And that makes it. Yeah, it's handy when you're a bodybuilder like that. With oh, um, yeah. going into a prep, so looking at your, say, almost last week to peak week, obviously I'm <laughs> guessing that you're not going to be doing a carb depletion or no. anything like that. Is that. Are you just going into a calorie deficit? Man, so like the, the peak week side of things, I don't even yeah. like consider it to be a it's peak week. Good. It is yeah. the exact same day as every other day because if you look the way you're meant to look, yeah, I don't see the, the, the point in 
risking, you know, trying to somehow gain another five or 10% change in your body for the risk of losing, you know, that exact same amount because you could screw it all up by manipulating something and just look flat. So yeah. You look good. You look good. Yeah. And just keep it the, the same. The only thing that I, I changed in that, maybe that last week is maybe a little closer to the actual show day. I'll reduce my water intake just a little yeah. bit. Just so I don't look like, because by the end of the day, man, you know, eating a large amount of vegetables, you do start to look a little bit bloated, but I just cut that down a little bit too. Yeah. And I guess you would get quite a lot of like the water, like in that vegetables as well versus other drier foods. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, like eating a lot of vegetables, obviously you, you get a lot of hydration. So, you know, I'm not constantly guzzling down a shit load of water because I get a lot of water through the, the food that I actually eat, which is how we were meant to get it anyway in the first place. Yeah, exactly. The other argument yeah, I see processed package stuff. It's got no water in it. And yeah, hell of a lot of salt and sodium and all yeah. of those things as well. Oh. <laughs> um the other thing is so the other argument I see is bioavailability of the proteins and vegetables. Um that'll mm-hmm. often get thrown up when they're talking about the protein and nutrients in vegetables bioavailability and protein so like yeah. i think they've done some studies where no matter no matter how much protein uh, what's it if as long as you're eating a broad spectrum of different foods that have protein in it you're going to get all the different amino acids and if you're supplementing yeah. with protein powder in some of your meals then you're getting more than enough i think it was what is it you need 0.9 grams of protein per kilo of body weight so for yeah. me being 90 kilos i only need to have 90 grams of protein a day and that you know i'd get that in you know, four scoops of protein powder if I was just to have that. Yeah. Which I already do. Two in the morning and then two after training. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And that relates me perfect to my next one. And this is where I see a lot of maybe the people that are going pescatarian, vegan kind of drop the ball a little bit. And that goes down Mm. to supplementation. Um, Do you, do you still supplement as much? Like, I guess you're not using a whey protein. Um, No, I use macro Mike, man. I love that stuff. Stuff It's so good. I'm uh, trying to get him on, get him on in the next couple of weeks. Yes, get him on. He's a killer yeah. dude, man. I've seen him a few times. Um, yeah. Look, uh, so what, what was the question again about the pescatarians? So supplementation as a vegan. What oh, are your supplement. main, yeah, main supplements? All right. Well, I, I do take um, I do take a fair amount of supplements. I mean, like Michelle, my, it's, it's good working. My missus is a really smart cookie. So we normally get like, I'll run my bloods. Always just to find out if there's anything underlining issues that need to be addressed. So mm. um, I do supplement with vitamin D because we don't normally go outside all that often and normally don't have our backs exposed to you know the sunlight, especially during the winter and whatnot. Yeah. So I supplement vitamin D. I do take zinc. Zinc's just a, a good supplement to take anyway for um, uh, the male fertility. Mm-hmm. So that helps a bit. Yeah. I do take the ATP. The stuff, the ATP, um, I think they've changed the name of it. It was the Alpha Mars and the Alpha Prime, you know, the, yep. the natural test like booster and the natural estrogen blocker. Yeah, I take those. I take a plant-based omega-3 because the other one, obviously, I'm not getting as much omega-3 fatty acids because my, my fat intake is a little bit less and I don't put as much effort into working the, the, that micro, macro, uh, micro breakdown through my fat. So I'll take the, I think it's made from algae. But that's where fish get it from anyway. They get it from the algae. So this is yeah. rather than getting it from fish, I'll get it through this where they get it. Mm. And man, to be honest, I think that's about it. 
or a yeah. multivitamin. Now, my missus happens to be a um, FDN practitioner, which is a functional diagnostic nutrition therapist. So we have the um, capability of ordering Metagenics, which is a... Um, like naturopath uh, supplements naturopath pharmaceutical grade supplements so uh, yeah. we're not just getting you know run-of-the-mill stuff that's processed we're getting like top of the you know top of the cream kind of stuff it's it's pretty yeah. good and that's what i guess well, that's, like, it, that's, that's, that's a whole nother argument is like even people getting like the fish oil stuff they're all not even even supplements are all not on the level level playing field so it's making sure oh, you get yeah. a good quality foods good quality supplements and then you can get the best of the best Yep, I mean, like, yeah, if you want to, you want your card to go really good, you put, you know, the premium fuel in yeah. it. It's the same thing. Yeah. Body is your car. You want to put the most premium stuff in it. Hence why I try to stay away from processed foods because it's not, you know, serving the purpose and what I'm trying to achieve in, you know, creating better health for myself. A hundred percent. Um, so one of the questions that I did put out and I got through my Instagram and actually was asked by another vegan, a vegan female. And it's like, how are you consi- how are you consistently growing muscle and then holding on to muscle which i'm pretty sure i'm going to guess your answer but um as a vegan is it any different to a say like a carnivore um with gaining muscle and maintaining muscle man there is there is absolutely no difference if Calories you're eating levels. an adequate amount of you know calories to maintain the muscle mass and you're training with progressive overload then there's yep. no reason why you should be losing any muscle yeah, and that just comes there's, back there's to no the base rule. In the end, we're, we're human. Yeah. No matter what what it all is, it's going to be calories, um, calories in, and progressive overload. Yep, and like yeah, exactly. So as long as you're getting an adequate amount of protein, and as long as you're getting everything else that's necessary, and you're training with progressive overload, there's no reason why you shouldn't be making progress. And the other thing I think yeah. is this is like, especially for you, is like to make sure that. As a vegan, you need to get an extra super, super tool. I'm going to give away a little bit of your bodybuilding secrets and wear clear quartz necklaces and it supercharges you. (laughs) I've actually got one on now too, yeah. Man, (laughs) again, this is why I guess the the super hippie side of me would be, look, look, the stones, they they do resonate some form of energy, but I I use them as like it is an energy crystal for myself. So like anything that really good and positive um, that, and that creates happiness within myself. I will hold on to my crystal, think about that thing that's happened to me. And I'm, I've, I think of myself that I'm transferring that good energy into that crystal. So then when I'm having a moment where I'm feeling a little bit down or, you know, I'm not feeling in my, my best self then just holding onto my crystal, it reminds me of all of those good things that have happened. And, you know, bam, it's made me realize that, you know, it's not as bad as what it actually, what it is. Yeah, and that's something I know my girlfriend's very into the crystal side. That's where I know it's a clear, clear quartz. Um, do you, do yeah. you use any other ones or just just that every day? Oh, my sister's made me a few different ones, like some different colored yeah. crystals. Um, I just, you know, I try to always, you know, make my outfit look matching, you know, feng shui <laughs> with, my, with my uniform. Yeah, I, I normally just use the same crystal, but yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think if you go through Sammy's Instagram, you can pretty much see it in every single photo unless you're posing. That's <laughs> yeah. the only time I don't see it on you. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, there's a lot of posing pictures on my Instagram. I should probably start putting up some different content, hey? <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of goes to exact, exactly into the perfect segue is um, you are one of the like, male and female pose coaches in SA. So how important yeah. is posing? I think like... That's something that's kind of overlooked, especially on the male side. 
Um, all yeah. the way, like I went and watched the Olympia and that's something that I saw the big letdown during the posing. Mm. Oh man, like, yeah. I, the whole point why I got into bodybuilding, which made me more interested in it, is the, the posing aspect because it's more of an art form rather than just like get big muscles, flex. You yeah. want to actually display, display your body in the way that it suits your body. And so that's where I think a lot of people, they don't put enough emphasis on, on their posing ability and they go, oh, I'll just wing it on the day. I already know what I've kind of got to do. Yeah. But you can really go from, you know, a, a B-class athlete to an A-class one by just, you know, just fine-tuning your physique and your posing ability. So I, I, I put a lot of effort into that. Even in my off-season, man, I still practice every day. I'll still go, you know, every night. I'll practice my posing before I go to bed. When I wake up, you know, you want to do a, a physique check. I'll just see how things are looking, see how the poses yeah. are looking. That way that it keeps me accountable too, to not blowing out and getting too, you know, out of shape. But yeah, I, 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 um, I, I've, I've got all of the old school DVDs of like the 1988 Mr. Olympia, the 85. Like I prefer that era where they posed more classically. And that's again, why it's, inspired me to want to do classic physique because that's that's what i emulate and what what i want to emulate and what i see as more achievable in in a structured physique is they look you know i mean they're still huge but they look more natural in how they present themselves they move really artistically it's nicer to watch you know like they actually move with the music better yeah rather than just coming out doing a couple of fist bumps hit a most muscular yeah and, and stop then your feet on the ground pose. oh man oh, it's, I don't see that as something that like I, as an asp I don't aspire to be like that. I prefer like Bob Paris, Lee Labrada, you know, like the old school dudes that, you know, made, made it more of like interesting, I mean, interesting to watch. And so that's, yeah, I would watch those. So this is how pretty much when I practice, so I, I'd put on one of those DVDs, I'd watch their routine. I would then like see certain poses that are doing press pause and then I would try to emulate it. I'd go, all right, well, his foot is in this position. His knees are pointed this position, his hips, yeah. et cetera. And then I'll, I'll make that exact same pose and then see, does this pose suit my body as much as yeah. what has suited this person? And, and if it does, then sweet. I've just found myself a new one. Yeah, that's where I see it. a lot of, especially men's physique guys, really stuff it up because they're like, well, especially, like, it's quite funny because some people will jump into my YouTube, watch how I pose on some, a certain amount of things, and then try and copy mm. it. And the thing yeah. is, is, it works well on my body because I've got a narrow waist, really strong serratus, but then they start yeah. trying to do that and they're actually exposing weaknesses. Exactly, yeah. Everyone's body's different. And that's what's 100%. good about being a nerdy too. It's yeah. unique in the style of your actual shape of the body. Yeah, yeah, that's true yeah. actually. It gives you more of that little X factor, like you're, you're in proportion. I think that's the biggest thing is symmetry and proportion. Um, which I yeah, think, especially yeah. in IFBB, is starting to be looked upon a lot better. Um, mm. You know, in the Australian IFBB, especially in the in the last coming years, um, and I reckon yeah. it's going down that direction now that it is going to be a lot more, especially in the classic and men's physique, um, more than just yeah. like mass. Yeah, uh, again, like it's, it seems more achievable and uh, like it seems more. Um, people in the crowd would want to watch it. I mean, like yeah. people, I guess every now and then you want to see the big freaks, but it's not something that, you know, I, I personally want to aspire to be. Yeah. And that kind of goes like bodybuilding because you've been around for quite a while, been doing this most of your life. Have, like yeah. it, it, you would have probably noticed a decline in the bodybuilding category as well. And it's, it has had a bit of a decline. Yeah. 
maybe getting a little bit popular. Do you, do you have any reason why you think that that's going to happen? Or is that just because of uh, their extra physiques or people aren't willing to go to that level? Without throwing stones, man, I think a lot of it comes down to the structure of people's bodies and the willingness mm-hmm. to train sometimes legs is to the degree that they need to because it hurts. Yeah. So I, I guess, I don't mean for this to sound bad, but, um, you know, in, in, the, in physique, wearing the shorts, you know, there's a whole large portion of your, your body structure that isn't exactly shown. Yeah. So it's a li- uh, it's not that it's easier, but it's one less thing that you need to worry about, so to speak. Yeah. But I think it's I, I guess ge- maybe it's the genetic. intimidating. Yeah, genetic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that plays a role in it too. Like, legs, legs hurt, man. Like, even oh. me, like, I'm tall. My legs aren't all that great, but, again, my posing makes them look better. Mm. Like, I, I would love to try um, physique one day, but... I guess my name already been, you know, at the, yeah. the pro and the bodybuilder and doing classic physique. Everyone would just laugh at me if I gave it a shot. But, I mean, I think that'd be fun one day to try. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like for me, for an example is like, I go pretty hard on legs. Like there's one whole year that I tried to bring them up for men's fitness. And no matter what yeah. I do, I can get dry everywhere except for that like first top 10 centimeters. Like my legs are dry in the cuts oh, and then they just annoying, isn't it? to nothing. And I think that's genetic. Like same as like yep, some, everyone's got that one spot. Yeah. They'll just lean out in their legs before they lean out anywhere else. Um, so frustrating. Eh? <laughs> yeah. So the shorts almost like when they took that men's fitness into the short shorts, like I was good when mm. the men's fitness was in yeah. the long, longer shorts, but when they went short, like the full jock strap shorts, that was like almost mm. worse off for me because I didn't have, like genetically, I, I still held a little bit in the top top of the legs, which I don't know if that's like the bodybuilders that get dry AF um, hamstrings, mm. glutes and upper quads. Is that more they're just pushing that calorie deficit even further or is that just yeah, a I've never had shredded glutes, so I have no idea, hey. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 like I'd almost you say that. Pro, but, but you have your like pro fitness as well as physique? Physique, yeah. So I, I went pro fitness in 2016 and then won my physique in 2018 a few years later. Man, that's killer. So that, you know, I mean, like, so how does that go for you? Because that's, they're two completely different. So it's the posing, which is creating the separation in, in different, um, the divisions. Cause yeah, the biggest thing is pose I, I posed differently, differently, but really the difference in my physique from 2016 to 2018 is I grew a lot. Mm. That was, I outgrew the pro category. Like it got to the point where I got told when I walked off the pro in 2018, um, I was mm. prepping for the pro men's fitness and I walked off and they told the judges came up to me cause I placed third and like everyone, like that was one show that everyone backstage, like all of my, like the my pro mates are like, well, you've won this easy before the, even walking on. And I mm. pretty much got told as I walked off after placing third and I was a little bit like, er, because I knew like I was looking like money and I got told, I was mm. like, like, you've got the best physique up there but you're not the best men's fitness athlete. They're just like, you was dry. You had that. You, you, you were almost like a touch blocky. And I was kind of a little bit shut, but then I get what they, because it was in Victoria and I actually won the men's physique yeah. state title that year as well. Oh. Um, so I think the judges had it in their head that I was more like acting to a physique, which then three weeks later I went to worlds, which I was meant to compete men's fitness pro. And I pulled out of that because I got told it was, oh. it was the same lineup in the pro. You're in the same lineup. They're oh. going to go the same. Yeah. So I went amateur physique and ended up winning the world title there. 
in physique. <laughs> so, so in the end, like it was a hit to the teeth for that 2018 pro, but they were right because then I just went and won a world physique title. So yeah, um, that's pretty good. Yeah, and 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 that was up up against strong lineup that guys have won Australian titles and things like that as well. So. Um, that's where I think like you can only connect the dots looking backwards with things like that in the Mm -hmm. end it's objective. And, um, there's a lot of, a lot of times, like even you and I have watched Adelaide shows and we're just like, we have no idea where this is going or how this has happened. Um, but I think uh, the one thing I do like about Adelaide is their judging is crazy consistent. Um, where some of the States are all over the shop. Mm. I guess that's with every, every every single um, sport has its own, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I just think like the way they you've got enough judges and you scorecard it and things like that, it's just a lot, a lot better. I'm sure there's nine judges. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, is like the numbers in Victoria. I just don't think you can can get to that level of scorecarding. Like when you've got twenty mm. on stage and you've got four divisions of twenty. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. And it's just like, well, you can't. You have to pretty much like. They, they do it by looks, which I, I still don't, yeah. don't know about. Mm. Another question I, I came across is with how, how is like you're currently prepping now. You prepped last year. Was it last year for the Arnold yep. or the year before that? Yeah, last year for the Arnold. Uh, last year. Yeah. Yeah. So how's that differ now that you've got a little little child, um, oh, Rylan, versus prepping back back in the day when you could be <laughs> a little bit more selfish? Oh, uh, well, like I just, uh, I normally would nap. So that, that got, kind of got thrown out the window a little bit, but when he has his nap, I get to nap too. So that's not too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. He steals some of my food, which is a bit like, oh man. Like he'll go, oh, I want some of daddy's, like daddy's food. I'm like, yeah, all right. Cause you know, you want them to eat. So I'm like, damn it. So <laughs> just counting how many arms he takes off like, you. Yeah. I'm like, damn it. Low calorie day. Why? <laughs> um, but yeah, that happens a bit. Um, no, besides that, man, he's pretty good. He comes to the gym with me. Sometimes he'll train, like, you, well, he just runs around while I train. Mm. Um, no, man, it's, it's actually, it's not that hard. Like, again, I've, my, my missus, she's, she's amazing, man. She, she takes him out. He's at places as well. If I'm like stuck at work and no, we're pretty flexible in that because we own our business together. So yeah. And uh, I think I'm, that's I'm kind of, a bit of a different. Yeah. You've got kind of a good flexibility where, um, you and Michelle can both kind of swap between and I think that yeah, that's kind of a di- different life instead of you having to do like a nine to five you've got the flexibility of having the gym and bringing him along yeah. with you and it's not like your clients I'm pretty blessed much. like I actually get to see him during the day and spend time with him and see him growing up whereas I, I feel a little sorry for some dads and you know they get up early they work nine to five they get home they're tired or they, if they go to the gym after work they don't really get to see the mm. kids so like I, I'm, I'm pretty lucky in that aspect that I actually get to see my little boy change from, you know, come, you know, growing. I get to see the, the whole, the whole aspect of it and be, be more of a participant in, in his development. Yeah, I, I can be around more in, in the kind of work that we do. Yeah. And plus, it's kind of I, cool I, that he gets to watch you on stage and go through all this kind yeah. of prep, which I think is gonna. Well, that's how I grew up with my, my dad doing bodybuilding through the '90s. So when I was yeah, going to shows and doing all that. So it's like sh- going to take him down that education side. Yeah, he's been to all my shows. He loves training. I think when he was like three days old, that's when the, one of the ICN shows was on and Michelle brought him to the, to the show. So he came to the show when he was like three days old. 
That's his first sick. experience at a bodybuilding comp. Such a dude. So this is one question I kind of ask to a lot because everyone has a very different um, kind of lifestyle. And it's three tips. If you like, there's a difference between the pro athletes, the people that play second to first, the people that go all out and go all year round kind of prep, um, mm-hmm. which like, I'll put you into that category of like, you're a tier above those amateurs that you probably like, then they're off, not even in bodybuilding anymore. They'll just in it for the little bits. And you might see it in a couple mm-hmm. of your clients. Like you have those clients that go all out and they've got something that's just a switch that they flick and it's all on like the competitive nature. Well, if, if you yep. were to like put all of that, that, that ingredients of that kind of person into one bottle, um, what would be the three ingredients that you'd kind of give to give to your blank client that comes in that's going to make them that champion? Man, I mean, that's, that is a deep, deep one. Hey, like I'm, <laughs> I'm a big believer in mindset. Like that's, that's more than, than anything. So obviously you have to be consistent with your nutrition because that way then you can actually manipulate it and, and make progress. But your mindset. I mean, some people, they sabotage themselves because they feel unworthy or they've got some kind of past, past thing that keeps dragging them down and making them not feel like adequate enough to, to achieve what they're actually trying to achieve. Like, I'm sure you've had that with some yeah. nutritional clients that you coach yourself. Like, they'll do really good and they'll go, oh, I got a bit emotional and this happened, so then I did this. So, yeah. they've, you know, they've been preconditioned to set themselves up for sabotage or there's something that's happened in their past that they haven't addressed properly, which keeps reoccurring and keeping them stuck in their victim mentality. So like I try to get people to first do some psychological work in getting themselves in a happy place, regardless of what the outcome is with their, with their goal that they're trying to achieve. Cause mm. you can achieve that happy feeling of winning without even actually stepping on stage. So yeah. it's like getting them to become happy with themselves, I think would be priority number one. Two, be consistent with your nutrition. And three, implement progressive overload so that you're actually building muscle for a bodybuilding comp. That would be it. And I would have it in that order. One, mindset. Two, nutrition. Three, training. Yeah, I really like that, especially on the mindset side because, like, you have, like, people, like, your brain goes kind of nutty in the last, like, especially first time at comps. I think, like, you're so worried about what's coming. Like, I've had clients that, in peak week thought they were looking really good and did really well and they deserved a treat. So like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I wait, this. what? I was like, you got three days. You can't wait. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's just like you go, go loopy. So it's just, I think having that oh, strong yeah. mindset before you even go in, I think that huge thing that you touched on was that rewarding system and enjoying the process. Like I think going into a yeah. comp after that you've competed before, like your second or third show, it's almost hard mm-hmm. because you're never in the moment because you're always kind of going, well, I'm not lean enough. I'm not lean enough. I'm not. And you keep trying to compare yourself to exactly. your perfect photo on stage. And you're like, Oh, yeah. I'm so I'm not going to make it until uh-huh. you never actually enjoy the process. And then you look back on photos that you're like, Oh, I was complaining about my back and you're looking at your back and you're like, Jesus, yeah. about six months later and you're like, Oh, shredded. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So I think uh, a lot of people look at the picture and not so much the frame that it's in. Like the framework yeah. is, is the, the actual journey and the process that's, you know, supposed to be the whole, you know, the whole part about it, whereas the picture, you're only looking at it for, you know, a small amount of time, but how did it get there? You want to yeah. pay more attention to the, how did it get there process and enjoy that part, not put those, you know, yeah, limitations on yourself and just, just to stroke an ego. There's, there's a lot more to it. And I mean, for me personally, man, that's where I'm a little conflicted in this sport. Like 
I don't care about the outcome that I get. And so I can see that sometimes that might make me complacent in my approach because I'm, I'm already happy. I feel mm. good. So I, I don't want to stroke my ego and create more separation between myself and others in that aspect. And I see a lot of people doing that. They're competing for the wrong reasons of, yeah. I will feel better about myself if I look like this. So it's, mm. you should already be happy with yourself regardless of the outcome, but you should still always be focusing on your health as a, as a big, big key in that. So like be yeah. healthy. And I think that you're the first one to actually open that up. There's just click something in my mind that like, if you're not happy beforehand, before you're going into a prep, well, it's going to be harder to go out the reverse and put on body oh. fat again. And because you're comparing to yourself, that's the best point that you're not going to want to yep. change it once you are there. So it's like, oh. well, it's sustainable to be that lean and holding that. So you've got to kind of love yourself in every phase of the moment in off season and on season. Yeah. And that, and like, oh, man, I hate to poo can bodybuilding, but yeah, it creates so much separation between you and others in the whole, like, yeah. it's a competition. Like you don't win. You're not worthy. This person looks this way. And the first thing you're going to say is, well, it could be like, why did that person beat me? I'm better than them. Or you start putting down others, which only creates more separation between you and others. And that's not going to help you fulfill you in any way. Mm. So it's... Yeah, I mean, I could talk about that part about it for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mindset, which I like. Um, mindset and creating love and peace, bro. Love and peace. <laughs> and you're the number one for it. And that's what I like, love about it from day one. I mean, I, I guess that's also why I'm a vegan. Like, I I don't want to ca cause any harm and suffering to any anything or anyone. Like, I love all things and I love all beings on this planet. Like, there's – I don't – if, if I have a problem with any one that enters my life, it's not them. That's the problem. There's something in me, which is triggered and triggering in me to make me feel that way about that person. So like, I, I, everything that happens, I try to see it as a learning experience. Like, okay, this person or this thing has upset me. Why has that upset me? How can I fix this? So I see it from that perspective. So that's again with the veganism, man, like I, I can't hurt anything because it just wouldn't, doesn't resonate with me like i hate, I hate to, to say this part but like if, if everyone had to eat kill their own animals to mm. eat the meat that they're eating there would be a lot more vegans in this world yeah. because no yeah. one wants to hurt anything like if you had to like grab a knife and go well you know i really want some lamb go up to a you know maybe, maybe a little goat and cut its you know throat you you're not going to do that i really doubt it and that you know if, if people were a little bit more aware of their actions and and how those actions you know for, for came then yeah i think people would be a little bit different in today's world yeah and i agree and that comes across all things like like just shows with you and other coaches and things like that as well as it's like you're definitely there to like build everyone up as well yeah man i mean i, I don't want anyone i don't want to put anyone down like you know even other coaches i got the coaches they, they're, they're trying to you know live their life their best way and you know they think that what they're doing is is the right way and that's and that's mm. fine everyone should be happy everyone's entitled to their opinion and if anyone has a problem against it well then that's something in yourself that you're not you're finding a, a problem with in you not not them yeah other yeah, than the people really who dump um, stuff out the back of your gym yeah oh my god dude that infuriates oh, <laughs> me and again, like I've even caught myself doing that heaps of times. So I'm like, all right, so I, I try now I'm trying to see it. I haven't posted it in a long time because I'm like, 
<laughs> I from the perspective of that person, they're trying to get rid of something because they're trying to better themselves. This is their way of thinking that they're doing the right thing. <laughs> oh man, it's a lot of stuff work here. It's killing me. So the phone actually cut out with Sammy, but it was right at the end. So I'll do his last shout outs for him. If you want any other information, some face-to-face -face posing, if you're in South Australia, um, he has a PT studio called The Base. His Instagram is SammyZest1. So if you want to reach out to him about any type of vegan questions or anything spoken about that, he's one of the nicest dudes I have met in the industry. So go and have a chat to him. Other than that, guys, thanks to everyone po reposting this podcast, um, giving me information on Instagram and things like that, and it means the absolute world. This is starting to, we're starting to get some amazing guests on. And coming up, I've got some insane special guests I'm trying to work out to get on here. So thanks to everyone that is sharing and loving it. Until next time, guys, I'll see you soon.